prayer initiative for 2023, which is called Love Hemel 100. But I want to start by by asking you a question. Um, the hearts actually started a little while back when. Uh, do you ever remember a time when you used to have cash? You know, like. I haven't got any on me, but you know, notes and coins. I know they're becoming, oh, Rob's actually got some cash. So if you need a few, Bob, I think we'll find Rob at the end. You know, money, tangible money that you could hold in your hand. I mean, now money seems to be something that flies through the airwaves into different portals. And our life seems to operate on a, on a new grid, a new system. But when back in the day we have money, real money, uh, in the church service every week we would have an offering. Um, you know, in some churches they'd send a little, I, I was, this is ages me I suppose, but in the church that we were brought up in, Kenton Baptist Church, um, we used to have a little um, pouch with two wooden handles and that you would discreetly see this pouch passed around the congregation and discreetly people would put their cash into it. And I remember sometimes we, when we had it, we didn't put money into it. We put, we put other things, that, sweet wrappers. <laughs> Uh, little toy soldiers, I think, because that was the sort of age I was at. You know, it, it was an offering to God. Why wouldn't he want my little toy soldier? Um, and then suddenly something happened and suddenly we didn't have any cash anymore. And then the pandemic happened and uh, nearly everything went online, including most of the giving that comes to HHCC and most churches now would receive the majority of their offerings online. Um, Now I know there are still some of you that give your offerings to David directly with checks. You know what a check is? Some of you younger ones might not know what a check is. It's like a dinosaur. It is becoming extinct. but there is a thing called a check. Uh, it's going to be extinct soon. But anyway, people still write them. And occasionally we also, we can leave a check in our offering basket at the end of the service. Or you can bring cash if you don't give your money online. But most of us give money online. The problem with that is that if you're not careful and you want to make an offering to God, and maybe you do that regularly, you forget why you're doing it. You know, like anything that you do on a regular basis, like turning up to church, (laughs) sometimes we forget why we started doing it in the first place. And as I'm talking this morning, um, believing that you can do more than one thing at a time, you can do two things at once, 
although Caroline, if she was here, would say that I'm incapable of doing two things at once. But believing that you can, or even that you could take a moment to zone out what I'm saying and think about this. You know, why is it that you come to church, that you gather with all sorts of people from different backgrounds and ages, histories, locations, you know, people that you maybe wouldn't normally circulate with. Get my drift? You know, not many people would circulate with me. The old one or two. Why do we do this? Why do you do this? Why is it that every month or whenever you feel stirred by God, do you give an offering to him through the church? You do understand that when you give here, you're actually giving to God. We're just a portal, a representative, a collecting point for his ministry and his work in Hemel Hempstead and beyond. Why would you do that? Why do you do it? When was the last time you paused to ask yourself the question like you would have paused if you were actually pulling out the cash? But now we don't get that moment where we can pull out our cash or we actually even write a check. And I just believe that God wants us to always ask ourselves the question, why? So as I'm talking this morning, I want you to think about why is it that you're in a family of believers, that you want to be here, that you want to be in fellowship? Why is it that you might have given a gift to God in the last month? You know, this is personal to you. Maybe there's just one word, one phrase. Um, but I'd like you to think about the why. And also, um, the other thing that I want you to think about is maybe you have a need of God today. And I want you to think about that. You know, for some of us, we're not even in a financial position where we can actually make an offering to God but we would like to everyone's circumstances are different and we tend to keep things personal don't we but I just got a sense um, that there was some people that actually were, had a need of God today and if you have I want you to think about what that is and what we're going to do at the end of my talk my very short talk there was only one laugh. Carolyn's not here, so I can talk for as long as I like. <laughs> At the end of my very short talk, uh, we're just going to have a chair with this, um, this here at the front. And if you want to, I encourage you to bring your heart, which represents your why and also maybe your need and I want you to put it in there and I want you to think that that is a place of exchange where you're giving something to God 
Maybe you're even asking him to, to help you in your circumstances. And I just believe that there's going to be an exchange that takes place today for you, for me, as we do this. And as I said before, that is not compulsory. Here, here. So, um, Love Hemel 100. Uh, what is this? Um, what is Love Hemel? I'm going to start at the beginning. In 2021, I felt God lead me to start a prayer walk um, which uh, covered every single street in Hemel Hempstead. Every street that I could identify as being a street with a name, including the industrial estate. Um, and it was really out of the, the pandemic at that time um, and a real sense of crisis and need in our community and hurting um, and suffering that was actually taking place and I felt that that was a small response that I needed to make and I, I, I did this prayer walk love with the name Love Hemel and every day that I walked I used the Lord's Prayer as a template and over 56 different walks um, each about two hours long, I covered the, the 1,028 streets, 290 miles, 600,000 steps, 114 hours. And um, yeah, that was, that, was, um, that was tough at times, but I just felt that that was something that God led me into. Um, last year, in the two weeks before Easter, um, we had another Love Hemel prayer initiative where 42 different people from 10 different churches went out and prayer walked every street in Hemel in the two weeks that led up to Easter, which was amazing. Um, and so many interesting thoughts, feedbacks from the people that participated in that walk. Um, and so uh, this year... I really feel that um, God is wanting us to carry on loving Hemel in this way. And the dream is to get 100 people to prayer walk every street in Hemel all at the same time. So a simultaneous prayer walk of every street in Hemel. And the date that we have set for that is the 1st of July. And um, over the course of the next maybe two or three weeks, we will be sharing with you more information about how that's going to happen, how you can get involved, how you can sign up to walk. What will be this time 10 streets? So we're hoping that each um, person, or you can walk in twos or threes if you want to do your prayer walk in that way that each walk will just be 10 streets. And basically 10 streets takes about one hour. Providing your streets are of an average size. If your streets are small streets, it will take you less than an hour. And if your, some of your streets are long streets, it could take you more. But about an hour is what it's going to take. Um, and I suppose 
the thing that I want to share with you this morning is why. And um, although I suppose that this is something that is an initiative that I feel God has placed on my heart, I feel that as a congregation and as representatives of the church in Hemel Hempstead, we have a big part to play in getting behind this and praying for it and playing a part with lots of other believers in the town and believers from outside the town who want to come in and prayer walk the town and join in this initiative. Um, but really I want to talk a little bit about why I think that God wants us to do this. At the beginning of the year, you'll remember that I talked about this were phrase that I felt God give me, catalyst for change, that God wanted us to be a catalyst for change, for transformation. We were looking at, at the Apostle Paul, how he was directed to Macedonia, and we spent some time looking at that story of how they got to Macedonia and how Paul and Silas ended up in a prison at midnight, singing giving thanks to God, having been whipped and beaten. <laughs> and then an earthquake in the prison happened and the jailer, you know, was going to kill himself, but Paul managed to save him and then he turned to Christ and his whole family turned to Christ. They ended up getting baptised. Just these incredible things happened. And we looked at, in that story, what the different ingredients were that seemed to be um, practiced by the believers there that brought about these dramatic transformational changes. And we looked at six different ingredients, if you want to call them that, um, components that we saw in those scriptures. The first one was a burning desire to share the good news of Jesus. We talked about that a few weeks ago. The second was being led by the Holy Spirit being spirit-led and guided, God having a veto over our plans, even our what we think is our God plans. Um, prayer, number three, which we're going to talk about this morning. Prayer was a vital ingredient. It was as natural and vital to the life of the church as breathing. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. But it's an ingredient, a key component in seeing transformation and change. The fourth one was miraculous signs that we saw in that scripture, but we see throughout the scripture. The fifth one was courage. We've talked about courage. We talked about facing our fears. Courage here, particularly in the face of persecution. And the last one, the sixth one, was giving thanks, particularly in awful circumstances. <laughs> Wonderful. So today, um, we are looking at this component of prayer. So, um, what is God saying at the moment? Why is this important? Everywhere I go at the moment, doesn't matter what meeting I'm in, whether it's a little group or a massive conference like I was at yesterday. I was with the Pioneer Leaders Conference for 
for a day, I was just dropping in to see BJ and Johan, um, but I enjoyed just spending a bit of time with them. But every meeting I've been at lately, everyone is talking about the somewhere called Asprey, Asprey University. Now, some of you are going to look blank with me and say, what? Asprey? Um, but whether you know this or not, at this university, Christian University campus in the States, um, there's been an amazing move of God since the 8th of February, carried on for a few weeks, and now there's the ripple effects of that carrying out in different places. Um, but, but without me initiating any talk about that, I hear people talking about the fact that God seems to be awakening and stirring something um, amongst his church. And it's not just there in that place, but I have, just listening with my ear to the ground, um, hear that people, church leaders, um, people that are in ministry, have had a sense in recent weeks that there is a stirring of the spirit, a fresh stirring of the spirit, a deeper sense of God's presence and closeness to us um, than maybe people have thought or felt in a long time. And one of the um, the things that has been evident is that the Holy Spirit seems to be revealing Jesus in ways that people haven't seen him or known him before the beauty of Jesus, the righteousness and purity of Jesus, the worthiness of Jesus, the glory of Jesus. Um, and the focus um, and attention of um, these happenings is, is really to glorify and make bigger and make people more aware of Jesus, who he is, and his power at work in our lives, particularly maybe in times where people have, maybe in terms of their relationship with him have become a bit distant, but God really restoring that first love and stirring a hunger and a passion and a desire just to walk with him like they never walked with him before and to know him like they've never known him before. I don't know about you, but it does seem like we have come through some difficult years, the last two or three years. And um, it's not just with COVID now, but coming out of that into, um, I would say, a very anxious world, um, both in terms of the conflict that we see in Europe and the challenges with uh, prices, and the cost of living, um, together with, I suppose, a hangover of anxiety and fear that uh, comes through that COVID crisis, but now is coming out <laughs> and expressing itself in ways that, you know, we, we, you know, you cannot legislate for because that crisis has had an impact on everyone unless obviously you were on the moon or somewhere else for that period of time. It's impossible to escape that. And there seems to be a sense of a greater hopelessness in our community and in our world. 
So why? <laughs> why should we pray for our community? And the answer to that question that I would put to you is that because Jesus is coming to our community in a way that he has never come before. Jesus is already evident and working amongst us. You know, we recently had some testimonies which are us giving thanks for the things that God has done. Another one of the the attributes of, of being a catalyst is to give testimony, to tell your story about what God has done. Because we know that when we share our story of what God's done, it releases a power that enables that story to be repeated in your life. If you want God to do that for you, there's a power in testimony that's released. That's why when Paul and Silas sat in that prison cell and was giving thanks to God and glorifying him, there's a power that was released supernaturally. Um, so we are at a point where we need Jesus like we never needed before. It's just that when we were in the pandemic, you know, I felt and I suppose we felt we needed Jesus then. But suddenly it seems that even now we, we need Jesus even more than that. We needed him then. And God is in the business of revealing himself to hungry hearts in the old testament sorry in the new testament uh, john the baptist um, prepared a way for jesus's ministry and we see that um, prophetically he was fulfilling what had already been spoken about him by the prophet Isaiah and also in Malachi talks about John the Baptist coming. And in Mark 1, 1 to 4, it says this, in the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your, you, prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. If, I was going to say the queen, but we don't have a queen sadly anymore. If the king, if King Charles was going to come and visit your street, not just your street, but what if he was going to come and have tea at your house? Just imagine this. You've got a random call from the palace this is the king's secretary. I'm going to be in Hemel and I want to meet just an ordinary, humble subject. 
Now, I don't know whether or not I would take that too well. Am I ordinary? Am I humble? Am I a subject? But anyway, let's just pretend, okay? I'm going to come for tea. Okay, this is okay. Yes, that's, that's amazing. So what would, what would the king like for tea? Dutchy scones? Earl Grey or Darjeeling? Peppermint, maybe. Um, maybe some sandwiches? If the king was really coming to your home, is there anything that you would do to get it ready? Are there any piles of washing that are sitting around your lounge? Is there any car parts or bits of DIY that maybe are lying around waiting, you know, to be jobbed, you know, and done. You know, is there anything that you, you might fix? A little while ago, we had a little leak in our bathroom. It came through the ceiling in the kitchen. And thankfully, we discovered where it was coming from, and now we don't use the bath. The plumber said, get this, they couldn't repair the taps without taking the bath out. The whole bath. When you take the bath out, you have to take the shower cubicle sort of thing out. And then it could be that the tiles, that the bath, they could be broken. And so to stop the leak, all of that would need to happen so it's easier not to use the bath. But the king isn't asking to use the bath. This is fine. But we do have some rather embarrassing watermarks in our kitchen. Now, obviously, you probably wouldn't notice them if you came round. But if the king was coming and sitting in our downstairs, I would probably want to put that right at a minimum. There's also some stuff we've recently emptied out from the garage, which is currently in our living room. And we want to get that out of sight um, how about you? Am I the only one whose home is not king ready? No. You see, Jesus is coming to our community and he wants to walk every street and he wants to reach into every home. And he wants to meet every person that lives here. It's only appropriate that every street should be made ready. And when you walk a street in his name and, and you're saying, Lord, let your kingdom come, you know, let your will be done. Uh, Father, forgive forgive us our trespasses. Oh, Father, deliver us from the evil one. Praying all these simple things. Uh, you are changing the atmosphere of the place that you're walking. And you're making a way for him to come.
And so this prayer walk is going to be about preparing the way. Preparing the way for Jesus to come into our community. And I just believe that as we come together with believers from all sorts of churches, all sorts of ages. I'd love there to be people with children, young people. I'd love some of the oldest people in our community to be on this walk from all sorts of churches, people that come to church in Hemel, people that live in Hemel but go to church somewhere else, people that live outside but they want to come and walk the streets together and say, Father God, we want to prepare a way because we know that our community needs an encounter with Jesus like they've never had it before. And that, quite simply, is what I'm hoping, what I'm praying, what I'm believing is going to happen on the 1st of July. In advance of that, we're going to have a couple of meetings, one where we do a launch and explain to everyone that's interested what's going to happen and we take some time to pray together and to tell people how they can sign up. You won't be able to sign up until April, probably um, after the 16th of April, uh, which is the date that we've got in the evening for our launch. Then there'll be another meeting a little bit before for again just to pray for the walk and to pray for our community and then before we do the walk, just the hour before, we're going to gather together, everyone, and then from that place be sent out into the community. And we're believing that God is going to do something that only he can do. And there's going to be a lot of fruit from this. So I hope that that gives you enough information so that when we say love Hemel 100, at least the people in this congregation and obviously we'll be telling all of those folk that aren't here as well will know what we mean and you are all welcome to do the prayer walk but it is not compulsory it's not compulsory even though you're in my in this church it's not compulsory and if you've already got your holiday booked for the first of July have a great time but believe together for something to happen in our community that I believe is on God's heart. So to finish up this morning, why is it? That you're here. Why is it that maybe you have given a gift to God recently? What does he mean to you? And also, do you have need of him? Do you have need of him? And quite simply, what I'd like to do is just take the last five minutes of this service um, to have a time where we can bring our hearts and what that represents to God. And we can do an exchange with him. 
if you need anything from him that you can ask him and if you want to tell him something and to tell him why then you can bring that to him and you, if you want to again this isn't compulsory but if if we could have a t just another just one more song um, you can come up during that song and place your heart in the um, in the basket caught up in your presence I just want to sing yes Lord Lord we just offer before you our love and our prayers please would you hear the cry of our hearts Lord because we just want you and I pray Lord that you would receive our love and our gratitude Lord and that you would also receive our requests and needs as a good father Lord we thank you so much for what you've done for us move among us Lord like we've never seen you move before Father Lord we just remember as we close the young people that are meeting this afternoon at the mix Lord and we just pray for an amazing time Father for them we pray for all those that are serving there Lord that you would use them Father Lord would you move amongst the young people and children in our community we pray in Jesus name Amen thank you guys thank you all there'll be tea and coffee through there if you want to stay and join us for that but have a good week thanks for listening we hope this has encouraged you you can listen to our other Sunday morning teachings here or our In the Limelight series where we chat with ministries and organisations we're connected with to dive deeper and highlight the amazing work they do. Get connected. You can visit us over on our website www.hhcc.org.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram at hhcc.org.uk. Bye for now and we bless you as you walk into this new week.